everybody. Welcome to Girls Gone Christmas, a series of bonus episodes from Long Story Short, the podcast. Today, we are discussing a Nashville Christmas carol. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Like we said, this is a bonus episode of the podcast, which means we have regular standard podcast episodes that come out every Tuesday. And this week, this podcast is coming out early as a Thanksgiving gift to you. So you can listen while you're in the kitchen prepping your smaller than usual Thanksgiving meals. But you can find us every Tuesday and bonus episodes on Thursday. And you can find more from us at MeganAndWendy.com. What we really love are your emails. So if you want to send us an email, you can do so at MeganAndWendy at gmail.com. And um, we're also on Instagram at Megan and Wendy LSS, which stands for long story short. Find us over there. We're everywhere. And today we're so excited because we have our very first long story short podcast guest. So Marianne Farmer Canada is an executive producer with Discovery Digital Studios in Knoxville, Tennessee, where she heads the Webby nominated HGTV handmade brand. In addition to serving as HGTV's Handmaid's executive producer, she is an on-camera personality on the channel and a general expert in crafting, parenting, and entertaining for HGTV.com. Now, perhaps, you know, selfishly more importantly, Wendy and I have known Marianne for years. We met originally online as all good friendships began, (laughs) and we had our first long story short collaboration with Marianne years ago when we did a ill-fated taste test video when Marianne was in town. We'll leave a link to that one in the show notes. Marianne, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here in my closet talking to you. <laughs> you're one of the team, man. Three yeah, you're, you're in good company. I had forgotten about that taste test. That was a wild ride. <laughs> it was a wild ride. That was a so, long time ago. How long ago was that? Four, five years? Maybe. It's been a yeah, while. It's been a long time. Four, yeah, four, I would say four or five years. Wow. Was that your last VidCon? Did you guys... Is that your last <laughs> it was. That was my um my first and last. No, I went to VidCon twice. That's that's incorrect. But that was my uh my first VidCon. It was our first and last, <laughs> <laughs> and only forever. But really, if you're not a screaming thirteen year old, it's <laughs> perhaps not yeah, the perfect for you. I, I am just not the target audience for VidCon. Yeah, me neither. No, my no, daughter, really. my daughter this year, well, earlier this year was like, mom, VidCon is coming to Anaheim. Can we go? And I just was like, Ugh, no, <laughs> we cannot. I'm sorry. It's not happening. Well, now it's all virtual. So you can just let her let her attend uh, to her heart's content. Exactly. This is the one silver lining of coronavirus. <laughs> I didn't have to go to VidCon again. So this week, as we talked about, we are discussing a Nashville Christmas carol. And Wendy's going to read the yay old synopsis here. A Nashville Christmas carol stars Jesse Schramm and Wes Brown. A television producer is forced to work with the man who broke her heart on a country music Christmas special while being interrupted by Christmas spirits determined for her to revisit her past. Man, that's a mouthful. (laughs) That is one whole sentence. There's not a comma in there or anything. I need to say that one of the reasons we reached out to Marianne, in addition to just generally enjoying her, is on her own Instagram. She, two years ago that you started this? Yes, this is my third 
this is my third holiday season reviewing Christmas movies. So it kind of just started just for fun. You were just kind of chatting about it. And then the people demanded more. So it morphed into a whole thing. And now she has a whole Instagram story template that she fills out and you can play along. You typically don't do Hallmark specific movies, right? More of Netflix. Yeah, I don't. I am brand agnostic. I will watch any (laughs) and every um, holiday movie across all platforms. But this is one of the first Hallmark movies that I've actually, actually watched. See, Megan, because I don't have, I don't have cable. I think Megan's a rare breed. I've never watched a Hallmark Christmas movie until this year. So and Megan's floored by that. Well, no, they're, they're very it popular. It is. it is a huge <laughs> business. They dominate the ratings, literally dominate the ratings every Christmas. I just, now I'm, I'm so glad you guys told me about like the app that I could download to watch them because <laughs> now I literally, while I kept being served ads for other so Hallmark just, Christmas movies and now I have a whole list. <laughs> you have to record. I know. Well, we don't. We don't have cable either. And so we use YouTube TV and there's no Hallmark channel on YouTube TV. So we have to subscribe to the app because we got to have the movies. So we will leave a link to Marianne's Instagram in our show notes so you can play along. She has already begun the process of reviewing 2020 Christmas movies. Is that how we say this year? 2020, 2020 Christmas movies. Friends, initial reactions to this movie. Go ahead, Marianne. Well, right off the bat, I love just about any retelling of A Christmas Carol. Like that is catnip for me. I love a ghost. I love a holiday (laughs) Christmas ghost. (laughs) So immediately I was like, oh, a natural Christmas Carol, sign me up. Yes. Wendy, what did you think? I loved it. (gasps) Yes! (laughs) I've been waiting so long for that reaction. (laughs) From top to bottom, I have watched it twice. I loved it. I really enjoyed it, too. I have to say the first time we watched it, I fell asleep, which is not a reflection on the movie, just the fact that I can't stay up past 10 p.m. And so I had to go back and rewatch parts of it. And what I realized is that I missed all the best parts. So I was rewatching all the parts where they're reconnecting. I was like, this is a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I feel relieved that it was a good one on our first movie where we invited a guest to watch along with us, because if I had given you homework that was also a dud, I would have felt terrible. (laughs) But wait, I don't think Marianne actually said if she liked it or not. Well, (laughs) you're right. I didn't. I wasn't sure how much I was supposed to give away. (laughs) Um, I actually really liked it. And I have watched these like Christmas romance movies. And I was, I will admit, going into it, I was very skeptical because one, the lead character is a producer. I'm a producer. (laughs) Two, the movie takes place in Tennessee. I live in Tennessee. Um, I don't live in Nashville, but still, I live in Tennessee. So I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be like very like country and cheesy. And, you know, she's going to be an overworked, crazy television producer. (laughs) And, you know, it's a little close to home. Um, But I actually, I really liked it. Now, our movie couple, and we'll discuss them in depth. But overall, Wendy, were you rooting for them? Um, Let me... mm, Overall, I thought that they... I was, uh, I'm conflicted. Can you tell? (laughs) I thought that they had a lot of like friend vibes for a majority of the movie. There was one scene, middle of the movie where I don't know if you recall, but she was putting the star on the tree 
and he was helping her come down the ladder. And I, that was kind of romantic to me. She like so, tumbles into his arms. Not so much, but he, well, like, he put his hand on her back and then they like, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of romantic. And then from there on, I was rooting for them. That was literally the first time he actually touched her. I, had, yes. I was watching. I was waiting for him to like, because he obviously was vibing on her. But I didn't feel there was not a lot of like sexual chemistry happening. <laughs> that's my biggest problem with all of these movies that there is no sexual chemistry. And I think that's a hallmark thing overall. Like that's a hallmark umbrella. They're very chaste movies, you know, like you're lucky yes. to get a kiss at the end and that's it. And it's like a closed mouth yes. kiss. <laughs> like we're not even, no tongue. No tongue. No, no, no. I have two questions. One, since this is my first year with these Hallmark movies, is there always the like love interest romantic storyline in every one of these movies? Yes. They're always a love story. (laughs) See, I was kind of hoping that it would be more like empowering about her and her job. And so... This is where I struggle with this movie a little bit because I really, really liked it, but I wanted it to be it to be more about her discovering like her own self and not so much about how she felt about the guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. You wanted kind of like the I choose me moment. Exactly. Thank you. And in the end, she does get the best of both worlds, but not because of her own advocating for herself, right? She decides, like, I'm just going to stay here because this is where my family is. And then they're like, well, you can have the job anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And why is there always this threat of, like, you have to leave town? In every single one of these movies, I swear, we've watched, there's always this threat of... She's not going to do good at her job and therefore has to leave town. Or she is going to do good at her job and leave town. I don't get it. It's like these movies are all about security. So they're all about the security of family, the security of your home, the security of a traditional romantic relationship. (laughs) You know, they really hinge on on like those basic because I guess at our core, all human beings can relate to that. Sure. I get it. But I would have liked, I don't know. I would have liked for her. I, can we talk about the end? Well, you, you mentioned like the job yeah, thing. I would have liked for her to have been like, to have set out on her own, to have gotten out from under the thumb of this like weird production company that only produces um, music show events, which I'm sure exists. Like don't, don't at me <laughs> production companies. Um, but, you know, I would have liked her to be like, I miss when I was that girl with the camera and, you know, made things because they made me happy. Well, and she back to the weird job descriptions, like she's going to produce this one award show and that's going to be like her job full time when it seems to me it's like, OK, then you move on to the next thing. Like you're going to produce several things over the course of the year. So you go do this thing. I, I don't know. Uh I guess it doesn't make for <laughs> quite the compelling story if it's like you can actually be a multifaceted person. What did you love? I know Marianne talked about you loved a movie with a Christmas Carol storyline. What else do we love about this movie? Go ahead, Wendy. Um, I love that it was actually filmed in Nashville, <laughs> which so the other yeah. night it was parts, so the, yeah, parts of it were okay. Um, okay. The, the other night when I was watching it, I sh- there's a scene where she goes in where she meets um, 
I don't remember the character's name, but it was Winona Judd in the bar. And Marilyn I was like, Jinway. yes. And I was like, that place looks really familiar. Now, my sister lived in Nashville for several years. And when she graduated from college, we all went out there and my sister took us to that bar. And I was like, I know that place. It's called Robert's Western World. So I was like, this was actually filmed in Nashville, which was very exciting. I literally uh, wrote down in my copious notes, is that actually Robert's? Like, I uh, literally was like, see, like Robert's? Or did they Robert actually? Knows. Knows. You did, you knew, and you got it right. Um, I was also, but I was not completely convinced that it was shot in Nashville because one, there was so much snow. <laughs> and I know you can fake a lot of that, but it does not snow very often in Tennessee. That's actually a big bone to pick. There are a lot of Christmas movies set in Tennessee and they all have snow and it, it snows here like once a year. And when it snows, it shuts the state down. Like <laughs> there's no industry going on. There's no quaint Christmas markets. Like it's, it's, um, it's a logistical nightmare. Yeah. A lot of the filming was done in North Carolina. I don't know how much of the exterior scenes, but this was also my understanding is I think it was shot in the summer. So all the snow is fake. They are getting better at fake snow on the ground. My husband and I watched a movie that was like eight years old and it was literally like white cotton batting on the ground for the snow. <laughs> and we were like, oh, Hallmark, get it together. So they have come a long way in their uh, production value. So I did. I really loved the ghost, obviously. I loved Winona Judd and did, as like the Jacob Marley character. And you notice Marilyn Janway, Jacob Marley, like it's an uh, inverse of the same initial. So that was really fun. I wanted more of the ghosts. Like, I just like the ghost hijinks. When Kimberly Williams Paisley showed up, I was like, there she is. Like, <laughs> I feel like she's the patron saint of Hallmark movies. <laughs> and it just felt right to have her show up in this movie. Yes, I loved her over-the-top ghost of Christmas present. I loved her dress. I loved her ridiculous accent. I loved everything about Kimberly Williams Paisley. Okay, so that's my question. So I always only know her from father of the bride i don't think i've ever seen her in any other movie so does she have an accent like that in real life or was that like put on for this movie no that was put no on. as far I as i could it. tell she was channeling reba mcintyre like oh. full on <laughs> here's your one chance fancy don't With your big red it. dress yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the little tweaks they did to the Christmas Carol story. Like there's no ghost of Christmas future because it's not written yet. Like it hasn't happened. And I also loved like, this isn't just the you're a piece of garbage Ebenezer Scrooge story. It's like, okay, let's take a look back at your life, but also let's look at the good things and the ways that you're positively affecting other people that you can't really see. I liked that. I liked their adaptation of the Christmas Carol trope. Can I just mention one thing that I thought was Please. weird and hilarious? That because she's so busy at Christmas, she shipped her dad to Tahiti. <laughs> I didn't understand that either. Some of these, so one of the movies we reviewed many of these movies have way too many subplots and there's a lot of like off-camera family members and I almost wonder if they have contracts with these people that they're like we got to put them in a movie let's put them in a zoom call off camera and they're just out of town I don't 
it doesn't make any sense to me otherwise because it didn't serve the story at all at all it was so strange and I really thought we were gearing up I feel like in a lot of these movies we often have like either the dead dad or the dead mom like it's just always like dead mom alert here's why she you know can't embrace her inner child anymore (laughs) and in this case it was just like a vaguely gone mom who never I kind of thought the mom was going to come back since they kept talking about it and it's like they kept referencing her dad being in Tahiti I just thought that was so strange like why have the parents in the storyline at all yeah I think you can tell a complete story right her dad's part of the past you get that but I don't think we needed him in her story in the present we can know that he exists off camera I don't think he served the story at all. Well, I think um, the same goes the same. I think we could say the same about his name is Gavin, his parents. Like what was the point of having them in the storyline as well? Truly appearance of like I his, his woodworking dad who like disapproves of his successful son. Exactly. For I, some reason. Totally did not get it. Like I thought, I even told my husband today, I go, I wonder if this was part of a larger story and they ended up like cutting most of it out or like, what was the point of that? I have no idea. Well, and the number of, that's another thing we see all the time is he's like disapproving family members. And a lot of times there was one movie we watched where she was like, if I don't get this promotion, I have to move back home. But in the movie, she still had a very successful job. She still had to play. It wasn't like she couldn't support herself on her own but these families I don't know the picture of like you have to come home to be part of our family and do what we expect you to do is perhaps a trope they could let go of <laughs> it's a little it's a little problematic it's, it's a little like do you need help like blink once or ring your jingle bell <laughs> twice if you, if you need us to come extract you from this situation so we've kind of already gotten into it but let's transition to our did you see that portion of the podcast where we talk about questions, plot holes, and things we need to talk about. I got a lot here. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I have none. So let me hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, I just want to say, first of all, we have our first that I have noticed of the movies we've watched this year, blatant product placement. Did you see it? (laughs) I saw a car. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Brought to you by Infinity, like parked perfectly on an angle. There's not a speck on that car that they've driven through the snow and what would likely be salty streets. Like the logo was displayed perfectly. That's a fun game I like to play. (laughs) Hey, you know, you got to grab that, grab that bag while you can. Um, They did. They employed one of my favorite, I guess, elements when there's time travel in a movie, which is only changing their hair. (laughs) So it's like when she goes back in time, she has straight hair and he has these bangs that are truly like, they are like out of a Drakkar Noir ad from the 90s. This just claw like bang situation on his head. It was very distracting. I'm glad he let go of those bangs as he aged. I have a, did you see that moment? And that is their live to tape show had no audience. I didn't understand any of that. (laughs) What is happening? Like they keep calling it country Christmas live. And at one point someone even says to tape. Which I felt like was literally just for those of us that work in production. (laughs) (laughs) Because what was the point? Like, why would you not have a live audience? Why are you in this huge, beautiful theater? Like, what is happening? 
And I, I'm 100% sure that it was COVID restrictions, right? Like they couldn't have all these people in there. However, you need to pivot your script a little bit and just be like, we're filming a Christmas special, cut the live nonsense. And because <laughs> showing the big empty theater and then they're like, that's a wrap. And I was like, this is the actual show with yeah. nobody in the audience. Well- the two songs not, they did. <laughs> and it's not like they spent so much money on these amazing country Christmas live graphics. Like you could have oh. redone it. <laughs> well, that is another thing that I have to say. And that is we have our very first movie logo of the Hallmark Christmas season. Usually we get like an animated canvas script across the screen free script they had an actual animated logo that was designed specifically for this movie i took a screenshot of it because i noticed the same thing i was like oh we're fancy now we've got our own national christmas carol logo might be the only (laughs) one you see so one other plot hole or just it didn't add up to me and that's such a minor thing but i feel like if you're going to have a character who is too busy for christmas too busy to even have a Christmas tree inside her home. Maybe don't make the outside of her house beautifully decorated with <laughs> hundreds of dollars worth of garland and Christmas lights. It just doesn't, you know, if you're going to be a Scrooge, be a Scrooge, like commit. Well, but she kept buying trees and then taking them to work. And I was like, seriously, why? Why would you drag these trees back? You don't have enough trees in that prop room that's magically a portal to a bar. I don't understand. <laughs> Wendy, you said this is not a big area for you. You do not have. No, no. I mean, I just loved it. <laughs> I'm not picking it apart. I loved Winona. I loved Sarah Evans. I loved Kix Brooks. I just love Now, Raylan, I don't know her. Like, I, where is she from? She was on a competition singing show. Is that right? Do you know? I don't know I liter- that. She's new to me. I literally, yeah, I literally only knew Winona Judd. I have a strict no Googling rule while I watch these because <laughs> oh. I just feel like you'll just go into like, and I kind of like not knowing. Yeah. So I spent a lot of the movie being like, who is that? Probably a famous country, country singer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The only people I knew were Kimberly Williams Paisley and Winona Judd. The lead kind of looked like two Anna of Camp. the actresses from Pitch Perfect. Yes, yeah. crossed like mixed yes. in a petri dish with January yes. Jones. 100%. Like, yeah, Maybe. and then the the male lead, I was like he looks like he I don't know, like we like was he on like One Tree Hill or I, I feel like I should know who he is, but so I don't. He reminds me of an actor who was on Dawson's Creek. Oh. And I don't know what his name is. Let me Yes, no, the one who was cousins. The plays with, the cousin of Michelle. And Williams. he was and he was gay. Yes, that's who it is. Yes. Yes. He does look like that guy. I think that's what I'm thinking. Is some kind of like teen nineties romance. Mm-hmm. So both Jesse Schramm and the Gavin actor were on Once Upon a Time. She played Cinderella. And we started watching the movie. I was asked my husband because we watched that show. He said, do you know who that is? He goes, yeah, she's in Pitch Perfect. And I was like, nope. <laughs> but if you Google <laughs> Jesse Schramm, it says, is Jesse Cinderella in Pitch Perfect? It's not, she's not Anna Camp, but she was Cinderella in Once Upon a Time. And he was Gaston, which was a much smaller Once Upon a Time character. He does a lot of these made for TV movies. He's been in a lot of the Graceland movies, which I assume he's playing some Elvis related Elvis? persona because yeah. he's got the look. I mean, as long um, as he doesn't have those bangs. <laughs> <laughs> those Did bangs Jesse- need to be set to Tahiti. 
<laughs> does uh jesse shram does she do a lot of these hallmark movies or is this the first one you've seen her in this is the first time i've seen her as a lead actress but she's been in several made for tv movies but i enjoyed her some of these um hallmark actresses are not good actresses i loved her i believed her me too <laughs> i, liked her I a thought lot. she was yeah. great i thought she was super great that's why i thought like maybe this is why this movie is better for me or not better for it but i liked it better because i thought the acting was so much better than some of the other ones that we've seen so yeah, i do think she, I, was, she was really good she was very enjoyable not eye rolly i really liked her well, and I was a little worried because the Kix Brooks character is a main, like, he has a big role. He's the ghost of Christmas past. And, I, you know, who knows if these singers can act. I loved him. I thought he Me was too. so sweet and lovable as the ghost Charming. of Christmas past. I loved him, too. Is, too. is he the Brooks from Brooks and Dunn? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. See, I'm putting it together. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed him quite a bit. And I, you never know. I was a little nervous going into it because obviously, you know, they picked him for the country music tie-in, but how's that going to go? Um, Wynonna was, of course, fabulous. And Sarah Evans, her voice blew me away. Blew I me away. love her. Loved her. I tweeted that her voice, she has a voice of an angel and she, she liked my tweet. So that made me very happy. <laughs> and they sounded great together. The two, I wasn't familiar with either of the the lead singers, but I, I did think they sounded really good together. I agree. And because it's Thanksgiving week, as you're listening, typically these movies have been coming out. There's a new one every Saturday and Sunday, but this week it's Saturday previous all the way through next Sunday. There's one every night. So that's the, there's one tonight, there's one tomorrow, every, a new movie every single night. So there's Christmas movies galore. It's almost Candon, Candace Cameron Bure's movie time. Ooh. <laughs> I really want to watch The Christmas House with the gay couple. I watched I that two nights ago. It's one. so good. It's really good. Oh, okay. I'm really excited. <laughs> I've recorded it. I haven't watched it yet, but it I has a great cast. It has a really great cast. I think you'll really like it. It's a really sweet story. And Wendy, there's another uh, Date My Dad cameo in there. Oh, so, uh, yes. Okay. What did you wish for in this movie? Well, there was no niece in this movie. <laughs> That's a, we, one of the things we've noticed is that almost every one of these movies has a niece that like drives the connection. There was no niece in this movie. It was a, uh, not that I was, there was but there was a little sister. There was yes, a little we did sister. have the little sister. Yes. Did you notice their stockings, by the way? The little sister's <laughs> stocking said Georgia, and the, and um, the lead character, her stocking just said Big Sister. Yeah, <laughs> not Vivian. Apparently, I, I got really bogged down in the details of this one, but the set dressing decisions were really interesting. Well, but I almost wonder, so the mom leaves. They're both little girls when the mom leaves. The fact that her sister is younger and that the dad let her take on this like mom role and all of a sudden Vivian gets no Christmas and it all goes to Georgia, her sister. I did not understand that. I know we've already left the plot hole section of the movie, but <laughs> I didn't really. She was still a child and her dad let her just like, okay, well, we'll just focus all our attention on your little sister. I I, I mean, maybe that's why they sent him to Tahiti. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> I'm going to have my own Christmas now, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> anything else we wished? Did I wish for anything? Well, you know, I need I mean, hot sexual tension. And it wasn't there yet. Not with this movie. But I still thought it was romantic. Considering how much I did like the 
actors. I would have liked a little more chemistry. Um, I would have liked even more ghost hijinks because, you know, I love a ghost. And I will say this is something I'm always looking for in these movies because a lot of them um, have big issues with diversity. And this one did have a decent amount of diversity in the supporting characters, but I just always like to throw out there, I would like to see more diversity in the lead characters. I feel like a ghost could have been a person of color or something like that. So that's just, it's always one of my things that I'm a stickler about. I agree with that. And we've talked on other episodes that Hallmark in their other movies has done a better job of bringing in a more diverse cast. They still have a long way to go. You know, we've got one movie with a gay couple and they're not even the lead couple. I they, I do. I have seen steps in the right direction, but they do have a long way to go with that. Anybody else laugh at the Emmylou hairless joke? <laughs> I did laughed out loud. I thought that was so funny. I laughed. I rewinded to watch it again. And then I rewinded it again to take like a screenshot of it because I thought it was so Because <laughs> I was like, solid cat joke and yeah. solid country music joke. Bravo. Oh, my only last note is a brand new artist and a brand new manager are not going to have hiring decision making abilities when it comes to who they choose to direct the music video. Vivian, you're wrong here. <laughs> I know. I feel like for that to be the thing that she threw away this lifelong friendship over when he's just trying to get his foot in the door, that uh, that did feel a little. I know that we have to manufacture some drama here, sure. so you know, but that did feel a little bit like really Vivian, like grow up. I, I just it was such a just a miscommunication that could have been cleared up. Um, I hate that. I hate it. And she still, because she got rejected from that, she ended up with like her dream job. So, you know, at that point, I maybe would have like softened, but he had already gone off to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of laughs, did you laugh when that guy called her sweater an ugly Christmas sweater? <laughs> I I did laugh a little bit. It was I, think I, missed, I missed that part. So she showed up to that party and he thought he, she was wearing an ugly Christmas sweater, but it was just like a festive sweater. I thought it was funny. And that guy was a real jerk, too. He really he was. was. I wrote I wrote down when he goes, oh, you're Gavin's little director friend. Yes. It's like calling, especially women and especially in production. I mean, this is a little inside baseball, but like production is dominated by men. And for this dude to be like this, his little director friend, I was just like. You're the worst. Yeah. And now she's more successful than Gavin. So, boom. (laughs) I am so nervous about this next question. What are we rating this movie? Out of how many? I need to know. Four. Out of four. Out of four. Out of four. Wendy. Are you waiting for me? Yeah, go. (laughs) Um, Sorry. I give it three and a half stars. And I was going to do. I will now be downloading Winona Christmas. Loved it so much. I Uh, I was also going to say three and a half. It takes a lot for me to give something like a perfect score, but this was pretty close. It's hard and it's hard for me to give it a perfect score because I feel like sometimes I have to compare it to all the others. So would I go back and maybe say that this was my favorite of the bunch? Maybe, but there's still so many to come. I agree with three and a half. It was great. I still think there's room for another movie to completely blow me away and be the best of the bunch, but I really enjoyed this a lot. That makes me so happy. (laughs) 
I'm so glad I got to join for such a good one because there are really some stinkers out there. Let's face oh, it. Oh my God. There's been some terrible ones. Marianne, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you after this is over? Oh, fantastic. Well, especially if you are listening to this because you love Christmas movies, please follow me on Instagram. I am at Marianne Canada, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E-C-A-N-A-D-A, just like the country. And in my um, story highlights, you can see the movies I've rated so far and you can screenshot my rating card so that you can join the fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you again to Marianne for joining us. If you're listening and you enjoyed it, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes rating and even a review with actual words, because that is how people find our podcast. And you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes of the podcast. And we'll see you soon. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.